we are jumping right into Q&A. We're in the Q&A portion of this morning. So I'm excited uh, for Q&A today because I was in love with the the truth in that sermon. And usually you hate the truth in oh, your sermons. Yeah. yeah, I can't stand it. Well, there's so much of me mixed in them usually. It's like, oh, <laughs> I like the God parts. But, yeah. but I did something with this sermon that I said a couple of years ago, I told the church as a goal and yeah. everyone kind of snickered. And I said, no, seriously, it's, gonna, it's my goal. You watch someday if I live long enough, you know, God willing, <laughs> I want to get to the point where I can do an entire sermon that is only scripture. Oh, yeah. This is the closest I've ever gotten. Right. And what's really funny is these teleprompters that I've had to get used to using. Sure. Because I still want to be natural, but they only scroll up if I say the words exactly like they're written. And so I've been fighting that because, like, I like to go off. And I can still go off. But if I want that teleprompter to scroll, i got to go back and read it word for word sure. to kick it up. And so I've, I've been, you know, like we do, just grumbling and complaining. <laughs> and today, as I'm reading those scriptures, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, is this something? Is this you? Have you been trying to teach me how to be natural while reading word for word? Because if I ever do get to that point, I have to do that. I don't right. get to ad lib the Bible. No, you don't. But you have to speak it. And so that was my state of going. I'm looking at these teleprompters going, oh, wouldn't that be funny if that's just God's way of saying, why, why are you grumbling and complaining? I'm doing, I'm answering your prayer. Yeah. And so that scripture mix today, by the way, that's about one third of the scriptures I had that tore my heart out to. Oh, to shrink them down because I, once again, I too, I kind of went uh, looking and. Anytime you just pick something like that, it's like the whole Bible is talking <laughs> it's about everywhere. it. That's how it works. Oh, yeah, and it, see, it goes further because we're, uh, he gives birth uh, to us through the word of truth. Why? So that we may be, as it were, the first fruit right. among his creatures. The first fruit. What's that? What's the first fruit? Oh, because we are commanded to be fruitful and multiply and cover the earth. It had to start with the first one. Mm -hmm. So they're the first fruit. And then that fruit dies and the seeds go in the ground and then it reproduces. And so you can then follow that track because Jesus connect. There's this whole I, I didn't have it solid enough to preach it, but you're not connected to your mother forever. Right. You're born and then you breastfeed and you see the same transition in the Bible. Where at first, Christ is being formed in us. And, and Paul says, I'm laboring over you in birth until Christ is formed in you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we see his admonition that grow up, children. You're, you're, you know, first, Peter's talking about, hey, desire the pure milk of the word. And then Paul's kicking in later, or whoever wrote Hebrews saying, um, Hey, a little too much milk. You're a little too right, long right, on the right. milk there. Uh, you got to graduate. You got to graduate kids. to the milk, yeah. uh, meat, and be mature. And then what are we called to do? Reproduce. Right. Because he wants children. Mm -hmm. And so you grow up. And that one I read about to comfort them with the comfort we've been comforted with. Well, then I didn't get to read the script because I didn't take it that direction. But not only did they talk about giving birth to other believers, you know, the apostles, but then uh, it talks about, uh, uh, for we were gentle among you um, as a mother uh, 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 breastfeeding her child. I can't, I can't remember the exact words, but it was just right in there. Like, that's what God did with us through his word. Right, right. And so you see that there's this umbilical connection. Umbiblical. The umbiblical cord, the three strands. Uh, but in a nutshell, I'll end it right here. It's the thought that I couldn't preach on was that 
we come to Christ and we're new. We don't know what's going on and we just feed and consume, feed and consume until we take his form. Right. And now we're reborn. I mean, the whole process is part of rebirth. Mm -hmm. But now we come out of the womb and now we crave the pure milk of the word because we're growing. Right, right. We're growing up in our salvation, it says. And then we start eating the meat and then we mature and then we start making babies of our own. Right, right. And it's every step is outlined in scripture. Isn't that crazy? All right. So now it's time to start Q&A. Like I said, uh, there's the number back there. Text uh, 360-447-8474. Anybody in-house, you can throw any question in the world. And you can do it anonymously, too. This is the thing that I love about it. Text I if you want be... it to be anonymous or I'll just shout it out. Yeah, and uh, that's fun because then I could ask questions. There's a lot of things that I think a lot of people would never say face-to-face. -face, and I love this opportunity to say, well, what about this? Or sometimes we feel embarrassed. I work with the youth a lot, and they are... You know, a lot of the time I feel like they don't say things because they're like, is this a stupid? They're I should nothing know this if by not that. embarrassed. Should, right, exactly. <laughs> but you don't have to. This is a really cool opportunity to just ask whatever question that you have. I mean, and we'll, we'll plow through it. So, uh, <laughs> we get and it. We, and we won't berate you is what I'm saying <laughs> because we're stupid. Um, cool. Yeah, great, great message. Loved it. Uh, it is a big, it's one of the biggest uh, consistent symbols in uh, the entirety of scripture, right? From like all the way back. To and yet, all and yet I end. haven't seen it for what it is. I've not taken communion in remembrance of right. him and had the thought of consume because I get his, because it's, it's a two, this analogy is in two directions. One is his body is broken. Like a mother's body is broken on right. the cross. It's this bread broken for you is my body. And this blood shed for you is my blood. He's the body and blood and his sacrifice covered. I get that. So I do that in remembrance. But then there's the other side. And so eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it's like, but I don't get why we eat it and drink it. Right. I get why it's broken shed, but why do I have to eat it and drink? Right, right. And now looking at this, this, full Old Testament analogy just wrapped up in Christ. And we all know about the new birth, the rebirth. It's like, because I'm like a baby right. and you're feeding me through the spirit and through your word. Mm -hmm. And that's also you and your truth. And so there's the two, you're broken like bread, you shed your blood like bread, but I also feed on that same body and blood. So I've got to ask you then too, because this is, this is tricky. There's, this is one of the, the, the easiest stumbling blocks in all of understanding scripture is when is he being analogous, you know, metaphoric and when is he being literal and really meaning it? And like you said, it's crazy that this was a big accusation. They're cannibals. Right. Because right, right. they're like, you don't really mean it. And he goes, Eat my flesh, and you go. Are you it's saying? And, and he says like, it's you? real. My, you know, I had I cut that scripture way right. down, but in there he says, "For my flesh is real food, and my sure. blood is real drink." Yes. and it sounds like he's saying, "I really, really mean this." Right, right. But he's of course quoting scriptures about. So, so yeah. So when do you know it's which? Is it an either or? Or does it work? Is it consistent across all of the different meanings? What do you think? Um, I think the Bible is very, in each instance, um, many, I shouldn't say it always is, because it's not always. Um, many times it's very plain where he'll just say, this, this cup represents yeah. the blood of the new covenant, or the, the new covenant in my blood, right. um, which is shed. So there's a lot of that. Um, but that only gets us so far because no, like, no, but the I'm, new covenant is this. I know, but I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, it's a two-part okay, answer. Okay. And so like uh, that Jeremiah, when he says, um, 
Do men give birth? No, they don't. Oh, then why do I see men like, you know, with their hands on their side, like a woman travailing in labor? Well, he didn't say, well, then why do I see men, you know, travailing in labor? It's, why is it like that? Oh, because there's an analogy. Oh, okay. So the answer is no, they don't give birth. But yes, there's analogies of it in the Bible. So that's how you can see men doing something like that. So I think we need to be a lot more careful with looking for those types of words that very clearly say this is an analogy. And then sometimes they will make it clear. And my point, uh, ultimate point being, if it's not clear, then leave your mind open. Don't, right. don't say, well, then I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this. And so that now will be the way it is. Just go, I wonder if this is a, a literal or a figurative. Or both. Or both. Because those are the ones where, oh, he gets us good. But I'm like, yeah. I think it's. I think it's both, you know. I think it means water and spirit or something. Yep. Um, somebody did remark, too. I want to just throw this because this was one of the last things I said. We were in your office, and they said, don't you find it funny that we use the term bread as slang for money? Yeah, and, and dough. And dough. Why do you think that is? They used <laughs> to use it for money. <laughs> do you think? No, I, mean, I that, don't. That's, that's, that's hardly true. You need some bread. need some dough. I mean, it was interesting seeing that Pompeii, which, by the way, again, love the, I love archaeological points. Oh, my goodness, 2,000-year-old so loaf of bread. It, it just makes things real. You well, know? and that got Rainius. We, we know the man. I, I almost feel sorry for him. <laughs> because, you know, on that day, Rainius got up early, stoked the fireplace, actually, the night before. Uh, and they got up early that morning, and he made the, the dough, and he made, put those bread loaves and put his stamp, 81 loaves, Put these in the oven, said to himself, well, Picked let's see. Those, magazine. <laughs> yeah, he said, oh, okay, these will be done. These should be ready to come out in about, what, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, boy. What's that sound? He said, boy, it's good to be alive. <laughs> and absolutely no conception. That here, and it's such a great picture for us. Here he's just going about his daily mm -hmm. grind and making the daily bread. He loads us in. He there's no possible way a human could possibly even consider the absurdity of thinking. I'll bet 2,000 years from now, somebody's going to open this oven and take out these loaves and go, oh, Rainius baked those. <laughs> and then we did. Right. That's just crazy. It's insane. Um, here's a, a question. A wonderful sermon. Thank you. Were any important insights missed by the necessary... Uh, ellipses, omissions due to time constraints yes. and the high-speed tour of the many scriptures yes. that you read. Go read all of those in their context. Read them in their chapters. There's so much good. And so what I, what I forced myself, because I started with about eight pages of scriptures, like, oh, it's so, so good. But no one wants to hear that, and no one can. We don't have the time. And so I, find I had to choose a path, like, okay, this is what I'm, lo I'm looking at, Jesus giving birth on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so I went through, and I just started, sadly, <laughs> cutting out the parts that say wonderful things, but aren't building that, that case. And I wanted that aspect of Jesus' testimony. Then after I had that, then I went through and went, okay, now who's saying the same thing twice? Well, you're really saying the right. exact same thing, but okay, you say it a little better. So sorry, away you go. Until I finally had it down to something that would fit in a, in a sermon. So, boy, if there was ever a, a Sunday I would recommend you just go look all of those up and read them. Because 
for some reason, we've all kind of missed this incredible analogy that's very clear in the Old Testament about the woman. With her. It's the Lord who's going to cry out. He's not going to cry out mm-hmm. until he's finished. Right. And then he's going to cry out, which Jesus cries out on the cross and says it's finished. And then he cries out, uh, the Lord, I'll cry out like a woman in labor, you know, panting and gasping, arms outstretched, and I'll die. Mm-hmm. And then you add your, I hear, I hear that woman, you know, arms outstretched, I hear her, and, and she's saying, and, and one says, and I'm not going to cry out till I've, uh, uh, till, uh, or faint until I've done it. Right. And then Jeremiah hears her crying out, I'm fainting because my life is being handed over to murderers. It's like, that, that story right there, that analogy doesn't work for a woman giving birth. Right. Right. It's like, how, what? what? Where did these murderers come from? And why are her arms outstretched? Sure. And the Lord says, trust me on this. I'm like a woman giving birth. And the reason that's in the story is because when I do, my arms are outstretched and my life is being given over to murderers. So I had to put that in the story. It doesn't really fit the woman giving birth. It fits what I'm going to do when I pant and gasp like a woman. Giving birth. Right. So when you now see those uh, scriptures like that, like every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father who gave, uh, gave us birth by the word of truth. Do you suppose now, like, do you read that uh, believing the intention is to conjure this picture of our connection to him as the child yes. and the birthing thing? Yes. Because that specific one says uh, uh, coming down from the father of lights who gives, and remember, we talked about it in Daniel, uh, those who lead others to righteousness shine like the lights in the heavens. And right. so he's the father of lights. Uh, Jesus, 1911, Revelation 19.11, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so the prophets are the lights who guide us and show us. And right. so he's the father of lights. Uh, and those come down, his word from heaven. But it says, uh, who, who chose by his own will to give us birth through the word of truth so that we might be, and, well, you're, he's just saying it. He's just saying, come down to give us birth right. by the word of truth. Right. And so. And so this whole idea then, you know, following up on. Being the, reborn. Being reborn. Born again, like we all say. I just didn't know the born again thing was so all-encompassing. From gestation and yeah. birth and suckling and maturing, but any one of those pieces is familiar to most of us. It's like, oh right. yeah, I've heard about the you know, the babies who don't eat meat. Here's a question that I I, I can't uh, I don't know how. I should have asked today. How many of you? How many of you are still gestating? How many you know? How many of you won't come out? You you <laughs> you're, you're taking that form of Jesus, but boy, it's taking a long right, right. time. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Yeah. Um, uh, with this genderless image of uh, who the father is, calling him father while considering him as the mother of everyone yeah. who has been rebirthed and breastfeeding and providing nutrition to the baby, does this prove that gender is fluid or at least Oh, on the my goodness. What a wonderful, awful, wonderful question. Um, I wouldn't say genderless. I would say fully gendered. Because remember, God created them male and female in his image. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think God has genitalia. I don't think, I, I think no one's ever seen. He's the invisible God that alone dwells in the perfect light and no one's seen him except the sun. And so it's the, the properties 
if anything, it, it really speaks to the, the non-fluidity, the, the, the differences between male and female. Because it's like he went, okay, uh, I have some, my all-encompassing properties that make me God. Not, not a physical body, but what make me me. I'm going to divide those up. And so we're going to have, you guys are going to be two things that have to come together into one. And to make a, this union. And so I'm going to give some of you are going to have all, a real abundance of my love and compassion and nurture. And I just, baby, I just want to hold you and precious in the sight of God is the death of his loved ones because that's when they come home. And then I'm going to make some of you these guys, that, <laughs> these guys that can't get enough of fighting and battling and filled with testosterone and and. You're going to not get along, but I'm going to make it so that you are attracted and want to live with each other, and then let nature take its course, because then you're going to work each other's rough spots up. So I would say God is all in all, and he chose to make them male and female, and took his properties and gave some and some. And of course, there's some crossover. So, and if we're supposed to, you know, be uh, sort of emulating that image, though, then does that mean that we ought to have some sort of neutrality oh, in uh, gender? Again, not physically, I'm not, or sexually, but yes, definitely, it's like the Bible teaches women to be strong and fearless and courageous, and it teaches, and, and I'm really oversimplifying, so forgive me, because I know some very, very strong women that need to tone it down a little, and at the same time, I'm not the most uh, manly, I'm not the most manly of men, and so, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm making a caricature here, and then, you know, and then for men, we need to see those scriptures that talk about being gentle and humble and considerate and compassionate, and so the different scriptures, uh, you know, Speak to us in different ways. Right. Uh, here's a good question. Can, uh, can you expand on we can't receive Christ without embracing his word? It seems acceptance is often uh, without true knowledge of his word. Embracing seems key. Yeah. When I accept Christ into my life, if I think, you know, it's obviously because I've, I've realized I, he's God. I need him. He came and died for my sins. I've heard enough to know that I need that, and I don't want to go to hell, and I want to go to heaven, and so I'm going to receive this guy. And it's a huge mistake to think that, done, now I'm right. just going to go live. And that Bible, you know, I opened it once, and nah, no thanks. And church, don't like it, and, uh, you know, books about the Bible, uh, small groups, prayer thing, I don't need it. I got Jesus, I'll just wait around here about, you know, whenever you got that. I'll wait around 60 years and then I'll go mm -hmm. see him. It's like, that's a huge mistake because Jesus himself says that his true disciples continue in his word um, and his sheep know his voice and follow him into his word and you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You work it out while God works it, what God works in you. Um, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We're made holy through his word. And so my point is not that the embracing of the word saves you. That's why I say a difference between receiving and embracing. Right. And so you receive the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, it's a free gift. Uh, uh, by God's grace through our faith in the work of Christ on our behalf. And so you receive him. But when I receive him, I'm receiving the guy who said, start reading this thing. 
Learn about me. Learn about you. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is how I've spoken to help you. And so we've made this huge mistake in the body of Christ in general t- by taking this emphasis off the Bible and putting it on like books and, and prayer group, not prayer groups, uh, like seminars and stuff. It's like, oh, I want to go hear what this person has to say about living the, the life. And I want to go read this book about what they have to say about this. But we just, for whatever reason, don't want to just read it because it's confusing. And that's okay that it's confusing. Just, he doesn't tell you to, to figure it all out, to understand it all. He just says, put it in your heart. Receive every word I've spoken into your heart. And guess what? You'll have ears to hear. And would you call that embracing? That's yeah, embracing, embracing just means, means, okay, if I'm going to actually show my faith in Christ and express my love, I, I suppose I should read the letter he wrote. Right. He only wrote the one book, and it's kind of silly to say I'm receiving him, but, you know, I don't need the, the only thing he left us to guide <laughs> That's us. right. I know. Um, is Bruce saying that women should tone down their Zumba classes? <laughs> I am definitely not saying that. That's not your wife sending that one in. But That's funny. It is funny. Um, okay. more, more Zumba. <laughs> That's right. More Zumba for both men and women. Um, I don't have, I'm actually worried, this is the first, like, we, we got no more questions Okay, well, right Ken, here. Ken had a question. What sure, is it, Ken? Sure, It's about the, the sphere in the side, water, compared to Earth, and go ahead. Well, what, what's that? State your question. <laughs> is there an analogy between the Eve and Adam in the garden coming out of the side, and then Jesus being killed or already dead, but stabbed on the cross yeah. in the side. Ooh, that's another good point. He was already dead. Yes. Oh, that's the second good point you've brought up today. Uh, great point, I should say. You bring up a lot of good points. That's the second great point. Uh, okay, so what Ken has asked is, is there and what is the connection between Eve coming out of the side of Adam and this water and blood coming out of the side of Jesus? Because there is definitely a connection between the two. Sure. God opens up the side of Adam, forms the woman, mm-hmm. and so brings her out of man. Uh, then on the cross, they make this big point that Jesus' side is opened up, and at once, water and blood came out, because it's a picture of giving birth, and that is where Christ gave birth to the church. Right. And that's why it's such a big deal, like in First John, where he says, hey, if you believe Jesus is Christ, you've been born of God because that's the guy who came by water and blood, uh, not just water, but also water and blood. You go, oh, see how he just connected that to you're born of God, the right. water and blood, you're born. Um, and so in Ephesians, when Paul talks about men, uh, husbands love your wives, wives honor your husbands. At the end, he quotes Adam from Genesis chapter 2, right after God makes the woman and presents her. Adam says, oh, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one, and, or whatever, and become one. And so in Ephesians, Paul quotes that word for word and then pulls the rug out and says, oh, what did you think I was? Uh, no, I wasn't talking about that. Sorry. He says, for this reason, uh, or, or, you know, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and for this reason, in fact, I think he even says it's written. It's written. Mm-hmm. You're now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. However, I speak, and I'm quoting, I speak a great mystery. 
for I'm speaking of Christ in the church. You go, oh, well, you were quoting Adam from Genesis. He goes, oh, I know what I was quoting, but that's not who I was talking about. Mm. I'm talking about Jesus. Well, you're quoting the part where the guy right after the comes out of his side, what he says is right. And now I'm talking about Christ in the church. And so there's this definite connection. But the two things Kent said that are really interesting, and I haven't had a chance to even think about them. So text in if you've got answers for this. One that you just said, Adam, this is before Adam died. So Adam was alive when Eve was made. Jesus was dead when the church was born. He became well, like us in every way. Physically, right? But I mean, no, uh, yeah, his physical body had died on the cross. Otherwise, there's no remission of sin. So, <laughs> what, sure, but had risen to life yet? They poked a dead carcass. Right. God was working with a live carcass. Can we agree on that? Yes. Okay. So Supposing God, that that was down here and the Eden was yes. No, go on, go on, yes. Okay. So, I guess you're dumb, Kent. <laughs> I thought you were brilliant. Uh, uh, so I'm a spoiler, that's what I okay. do. But I like that about you. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Uh, so, Adam's body, physical carcass, is alive when God brings the, the woman out. Uh, Jesus' physical carcass is dead when the church is born. He came, became like us in every way. We're dead in our sin. He died for our sin. And it's like, oh. And so out of his death, a seed has to fall into the ground and die before it can give birth or you know, be re renewed. And so that's interesting. I had time to think about it. But that contrast, because yeah. we have this comparison, but there's two contrasts. And that's one. The other one I think is even more exciting. And I don't, I don't know why, it's, why it is, but it's there. God takes a rib mm-hmm. out of Adam, out of joint. I had to form her, so I guess there's some breaking involved. I don't know. <laughs> but there's some breaking that thing to get it out. But he took it, formed. Big point made out of Jesus that now when he gave birth on the cross, through his, yeah, uh, not, a, not a bone was out of joint, not a bone broken, right. not, no bone broken, no bone out of joint on that dead carcass. Unlike the live carcass where we took the bones and broke them to make it. Uh, God opened his side, a soldier's steel blade opened his side. I, yeah. Hmm. Don't know. Thanks for that wrench. <laughs> love it no there's yeah. you know there's something there oh and once again that's i mean the whole idea that's so great about this is as you start to just pick up the scent of some of these and images and uh bones make blood bones make blood and and, and purify blood bones and, make, make, and they say there's some marrow stuff in there that's too. what makes so, the blood i know that's what i'm saying there's some marrow scripture though too oh, oh. which i can't imagine is not connected okay. in the perfect analogy it's almost time to quit so where we it is uh, here's a um, somebody just wanted to say when you start dating someone and you really like them <laughs> and think about them and can't wait to learn about them shouldn't we approach our relationship with jesus with this same excitement to know him better Yes, that's a perfect analogy. Totally. I've, I've made that analogy before because most of us have been in love and written, written letters. I don't know, most of us over a certain age wrote letters. But now there's like text stuff. But back in the days of letters, in the post office, we'd load up the, the chest and put it on the, on the coach. After drinking a phosphate down at the old soda shop. <laughs> Wait. 
Um, you keep going. Uh, the analogy I've said before is, could you imagine you know, being in love with someone and then you're away from them and then they write you a letter and you go, oh, I love them so much. I wonder what it says. I don't want to read that thing. I got too many things to do. I would challenge your love. I would say that is the proof you don't love them because I've seen people in love who are away from each other and get a letter. I've seen how that looks. It doesn't look like that. Yeah, right. It looks like, oh, I got a letter. Let me see. When they read it, and then they read it again, and then they read all between the lines, yeah. and oh, look at this, and they start making it say things, and then it's, um, now, you're, now it's no good. People in love are crazy, <laughs> and you can't trust them. Um, two people immediately have given this same point here. Oh, and I see, is that a question in the back, too? You, if you, actually, if you want to go ahead, we can hit your question. Oh, asleep. He was asleep. That's actually the, the two texts that I just got too, but go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking, um, even though Jesus was dead, he was still working. Oh, yeah. But you're right. He put him to sleep. That is actually, so the two people who texted in uh, And Jesus calls saying, death sleep. Uh-huh. And they, and She's sleeping. We need sleep. to wake him up. And so somebody said, well, okay, it's a deep sleep. Is deep sleep death? Because we know that there is some uh, wordplay with sleep and death that Jesus keeps Okay, hinting. I'll throw this into the mix and for you. spiritual ya. death. I'll throw this into the mix. Go back into Genesis. Read the account very carefully. Because nowhere in that story does Adam wake up. And then Isaiah comes along and says, Hey, when a man dies, when man dies, it's exactly like waking up from a dream. Hmm. Does when it, does Adam wake up? <laughs> right. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, you're not. Uh, this I is don't just know. a. This I'm is just, just a very. That's that's an th that, Those are not. Th I'm just. This doesn't mean that you should. Because uh, this is actually a good point. Because we've kind of had some of these. Conversations. I'm not stating any belief there. Exactly. I'm just saying this is weird. We don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to start. I'm not saying he didn't wake up. I'm saying it's not in the story. Somebody make that make sense to me. Right. Right. And is there some implication for that? Because clearly we don't have a full comprehensive understanding of sleep versus deep sleep versus death. And death versus... reigned. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Right. Which Adam? The last one or the first one? Right. Because death came with the law yeah. of Moses, and it ended with Jesus, the second Adam, the last Adam. So are they saying death reigned from Jesus that, during the law? Was he the one that finally woke us up? Paul says, uh, awake, awake, O sinner, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine his light on you. You go, wait, we're asleep? And Jesus keeps calling death sleep, and then, of course, he arose, and it's the same word that's used for when you get out of bed. Hmm. So, I don't know. So that's, and listen. But that's before Adam sinned, so. And I don't want to say that's kind of part of the whole idea of Q&A that I love so much here. This is. We're just brainstorming. We're not promising to give you the A of Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> we might just be Depending on how you define the A. <laughs> But I mean, like this whole thing is, yeah, it's, 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 we're in this, you know, together, we're on the same arc and we are here to like, just ask those good questions so that we know what we're even getting. And after. you have two, pa well, several passages, but the ones you're looking at right now who firmly believe the word of God is perfect and has been 
preserved in a state uh, that is exactly as God intended. Right. Choose my words very carefully. Uncompromised. And that it is a great puzzle, like just like in the sermon today, that you can find that they were all in on the same thing. And so when you find one of them asking a question, then you see all the other ones answering, and you put it together, it's like, well, look at there, just what Isaiah says. Uh, line upon line, line on line, thought on thought, thought on thought. Here a little, there a little. This, the Lord says, is the rest that I've called you into. But no one would listen. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, and you see it today, you just go, that's so fun to watch, this, watch the scriptures speak with one voice on one topic and lead right to Christ. So I think there's answers. I just don't know if we'll get them. Okay, I got one. <laughs> I got another one for you. We got in too. I know, so I'll, we'll try and burn through this real quick. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. Until now, you're unable to receive it, and even now, you are still not able, for you're still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, uh, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Would you say that there are many carnal old believers who are like 40-year-old people wearing diapers because they are still behaving like babies. Okay, I think this is what's so wonderful because you can see this, uh, what you'd maybe call the antithetical uh, uh, analogies that go along with the being reborn, Mm -hmm. and they keep using them. So like you have the stillborn um, who is in the womb but detached from the vine and withers and dries out. You have the people being formed in Christ but Paul comes back and says, Ugh, I'm laboring over you in birth once again mm-hmm. until Christ is fully formed in you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, you're, you're stuck in the gestation period. Let's get Christ right. formed in you so that then you can, as Peter said, desire the pure milk of the word. But then, and, and he says, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in your salvation. Oh, sirens, thought someone was crying. And, uh, <laughs> well, but imagine. then immediately you have the, the warning, but now don't just be on milk forever, because here right. I am. I'm, and then you've got, I think it's Hebrews, where he says, and here again, we're back to the milk. And right. though by this time you should be teaching, and we're going back to the fundamental principles, you go, oh, that's the milk, the fundamental principles. And then he just lists them for you, what they are. Uh, but we're to be the fruit that is multiplying and reproducing and maturing. And so he says, you know, he tells us what to remain childlike in and what to grow up from. So right. in, in what is it? In innocence and something be childlike, but in knowledge. It's like evil or something, isn't grow it? Grow up. Yeah, right. Um, follow up. Why would they specifically say Adam awoke since it was obvious he awoke since he named Eve and there were actions and experiences recorded after what he was asleep? What if he was still asleep? Right, but I think the point that they're <laughs> it's further like a making... Dream. I don't know, I just... Which is good. This is a good I point. just want to know why it doesn't say he woke up. Because it, does it's it so say, obvious. Because it, it's so obvious. Does it say... Right, I mean, does it say everybody whoever was listed is going to sleep in Scripture that they woke up? Because that is a... I think it might when it has to deal with the Lord. I think this is what the thing I was looking at, that like uh, uh, the Lord put him in a deep sleep and blah, 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 and then he awoke, 
and da da da. And it, I, just, somebody go check me out on this because be <clears throat> because it seems like that's what bothered me is that everyone the Lord deals with by putting to sleep, they make it very clear that they awoke and then they awoke. And then you got this one guy he put asleep and it just doesn't say. Maybe it just doesn't say because it's that's, so obvious that he woke up. See, and that's a wonderful point, and that is a wonderful um, I'm just, like how we do how how we're supposed to do this is go seek out that context because I get exactly, and this is what you'll learn about Bruce too if you haven't yet, is that anytime I go, well, come on, that's a bit of an assumption. He's like, no, 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 right, right. I, I looked up all these ones and I went through them and I was like, why does it say it every time? And whether or not it does, that would be, that is a great um, I just love doing those. way to do that study is to go, I as I become more familiar, I go, he says, I think, like every time he puts someone to sleep, he's like, yeah. And then he woke him up and they said and this. A lot, and, and most of the and time this. I go study those, I'll go look them up and I'll go, I'll get five into it. Go, oh, this looks great. And then the sixth one, I'll go, oh, no, I guess that's not a thing. But every time I learn something by, and this is how I really enjoy uh, the Bible, because um, I have different ways that I listen to it and read it and study it. But I love bake it into a cake. But I love taking a word or an analogy, like in, like this week, really diving into the men giving birth, mm -hmm. and then just trying to find every place in the Bible where it talks about it, and you just learn so much just by going down that one vein, mining it. But because this is an early thing with me, because I got excited and I started doing things this way, to you know, pause and make sure that that context is right for everything. Because you can start doing cross-reference Bibles and topical and Bibles. Don't build don't your theologies build on. on it. Collect them. Collect them. Hear them. You know, use them as jumping off points in your, you know, your reading and See study. if there's a consistency in, exactly. within context. And, and, and give it the big context. Wait until there's a clear shifting of gears before you think that you have, you know. Every enough. one of those scriptures that I had in there, I read at least the full chapter. Yes. I print out, I go, oh, this is good. And so I print out, I instantly print out the chapter, bring it in my office, uh, highlight that verse, mm -hmm. and then with a different highlighter, I just start reading at the top and highlight anything that might pertain. And, and if it looks like it goes on, I'll read the next chapter, but yeah. Awesome. Okay. And, and for that reason, I threw a bunch out. There was a wonderful one about him stretching out his arms like an eagle uh, that had to do with giving birth, and it's on that day of the Lord, and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, and then I read, went above, and oh, they're not talking about the Lord. They're talking about Edom or something, and he's going down to Basrar, and it's like... Mm -hmm. Oh, that fits so well, but and until I can make him eat him, you know, <laughs> right, it's right, right. Some represent representation. So, so way know that I threw go. out a whole lot because when I read the context, the, the the verse fit, but the context was clear. This isn't talking about Jesus on the even cross. though Edom is just Adam. Yeah, yeah, not, we got to go. We're way over time. Uh oh, John's going to get after you because he warned us. Cut it off. I know. I'm sorry. It was it's good advice. Him. All right. Okay. We'll Goodbye, let you guys I love go. You. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.